It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Here we go, another Locked On Podcast Network crossover, Locked On 49ers, Locked On Commanders, Week 16 preview, biggest stories, key matchups, and of course, Make some predictions for Niners Commanders Week 16. Coming up right now. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers and Locked On Commanders. Locked On Podcast Network crossover. Thanks for making us your first listen on the network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's so easy to play. No competing against other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love Prize Picks. We know you will too. And first-time users will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with our promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. David, good to chat with you again here on this crossover episode yeah. and a pretty important game here for the Washington Commanders, especially coming off a, a pretty big loss that uh, I'm sure a lot of your fans are probably not too happy with referees and and uh, and some of the things that happened in that game, which I still don't understand with, with uh, you know wide receivers lining up and getting the thumbs up and then getting the flag. Like, I, I don't know what that is in a game that's so important. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It probably would have just ended in a in another 2020 tie anyway. So uh, you, you don't kiss your sister there if you're the Washington Commanders. But now you're <laughs> up against it. And this is a pretty big game, right, for Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders up against the, the best defense in the NFL right now in the San Francisco 49ers. It is absolutely, and and real quick, I want to I want to give a shout out to John Allen, Tressway, Jeremy Reeves, and Terry McLaurin. Uh, Pro Bowl announcements are getting made literally as we're firing this thing up. So four commanders uh, making the list there. McLaurin a reserve, which is you know McLaurin probably the best or maybe the second best player on that list after John Allen. If if you want to split those here, but that just shows you how stacked the wide receivers are in this league right now. That Terry McLaurin is a is a reserve, but Jeremy Reeves, I mean, special teams guy from, I mean, bubble player in training camp, and now he's a pro bowler. So, I mean, couldn't be happier for him. He's a super nice guy as well. But you mentioned Taylor Heineke, and that is, I mean, you hit it right off the top. That is the biggest story for the Washington Commanders because the question is going to be whether Taylor Heineke learns his lesson, right? And and this isn't, you know, last week against the Giants. It's not the first time we've seen this from Taylor Heineke, but if he wants to be the starter moving forward, which he obviously does, the Washington Commanders, I think this year, kind of really first for the first time ever, giving him a legit opportunity uh, to prove that he can be that. He's got to bounce back from this. And and I've been advocating because, you know, Carson Wentz has been getting healthier. He was active last week, but he was the backup 
And a lot of people kind of been saying, well, look, you went and got Carson Wentz for a reason in the first place. Start Carson Wentz. And I've been an advocate saying that, you know, Taylor hasn't exactly been doing anything to elevate the team to wins, but he hasn't doing, been doing anything to lose. And the team really does kind of rally around him. So I think he deserved the opportunity to have a bad game and then have the opportunity to come back and bounce back from it. Well, this is that bounce back opportunity, and it couldn't have come against a tougher defense in the National Football League. So if Taylor Heineke learned his lesson, he's really going to show it because this is a defense uh, that 49ers fans obviously know very well will punish any quarterback that goes out there and makes mistakes. It's been a really tough go for just about any team, not Patrick Mahomes' division against this 49ers defense this year. And on the streak the, the Niners are on right now, since that game in Week 7 and not losing and shutting teams out and, and teams not scoring on them in the second half, it's, it's you know, getting 17 points is a is a real um, – I mean, it, it's, it's really – it's a defense that and there's been a lot of good 49ers defenses, but this is one of the best. They're just not letting teams score and they're number one in a lot of different categories in the NFL. But man, uh, you really did something if you scored 17 points against this 49ers defense. So then the question becomes on the other side, what can the commander's defense do to the 49ers offense if this is not going to be a high scoring game for for the commander's side? Um, and I love the, the Heineke Purdy matchup too here because this is like. Uh, very similar players, and, and one of the comps for, for Brock Purdy has been Taylor Heineke, right. and you know guys that can kind of make some plays happen, get out of the pocket a little bit. Um, you know, gutsy, not afraid to to tr to attempt to throw, even though they don't have the biggest arms. Uh, seem to be leaders. Uh, the team seems to be rallying around these quarterbacks in their in their winning football games. Uh, and yeah. and I like I, I was joked about it on yesterday's podcast, David. Like I can't wait for the final four teams in the NFC to to have to be quarterbacked by you know not Hall of Famers like. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, but Brock Purdy and Taylor Heineke and uh, I don't know Gardner Minshew. If if it turns out Taylor <laughs> Hurts' shoulder is worse, you know, and I don't know Desmond Ritter or whatever. I, I mean, who, who knows what this is going to look like in the playoffs? It's going to oh be it's going to be madness. It's going to be a lot of fun. So um, uh, this this is going to be a good game because the, look, the 49ers already clinched. I don't know if it's a potential letdown game for the 49ers this week after a big one at Seattle last week to clinch the West. And maybe it means more to the commanders than it means to the 49ers right now, potentially. Yeah. Um, but oh, by the way, here we go. Those those pro bowlers. The, I guess that is the biggest story for the 49ers right now. Let's get <laughs> out of the way, too. So the 49ers pro bowlers are Talano Hufanga. Congratulations to the nice. Saints. First time making the Pro Bowl for him in his second year. Fred Warner, Pro Bowl again. Nick Bosa gets his third appearance in the Pro Bowl. Basically, if he's healthy, he's going to be a Pro Bowl defensive end, and he's up for defensive player of the year, uh, in, in my opinion, in the NFL this year. Yeah. George Kittle makes the Pro Bowl team once again. A fullback Kyle Juszczyk, his seventh Pro Bowl appearance, and Trent Williams, his tenth Pro nice. Bowl. So the, the 49ers have six Pro Bowlers. And a whole bunch of alternates. I'm actually a little bit surprised that Christian McCaffrey didn't make the Pro Bowl. He's on the list as alternates. Uh, you got center Jake Brendel, kicker Robbie Gold, punter Mitch Wisnowski, return specialist Ray Ray McLeod, and you got Debo Samuel at a wide back, wide receiver, and Charvarius Ward. All those guys are alternates as well. Mm. So uh, the, the Pro Bowl roster littered with 49ers this year. Yeah, so I think that's all we need to know about this matchup of, of what these rosters look like. And, and you know, look, there's there's good players on both sides of this matchup. But I think it, it's pretty clear, you know, the, the, the Niners are the more stacked team, you know. But like you mentioned, it, it, this is going to come down to what the commander's defense can do uh, against that Niners offense. And you mentioned Brock Purdy. Taylor Heineke was obviously asked about him. And, you know, the, the stark difference is that Brock Purdy was drafted and Taylor Heineke was, was obviously not. Um, but, you know, again, two underdog type of guys are coming out kind of fighting against the odds. 
Um, I would say that Purdy probably has the better, you know, raw uh, quarterback type of tools that you would want in the National Football League. But the the biggest thing from from Washington Commander's standpoint, if Taylor Heineke is going to keep himself from being the reason that this team loses this game. And, and you know, as much as you want to see the team win, if Taylor Heineke can come away and say, I'm not the reason we lost, that could be viewed at least as, as somewhat of a positive when it comes to deciding who's going to be the quarterback moving forward, right? So not a moral victory so much, but just, just an individual uh, analysis. It's going to be within the 20s, and it's not just the red zone. The red zone has been a huge problem for the Washington Commanders with Carson and with Taylor at quarterback, honestly, but also in their own end in the 20, and that's where the Kayvon Thibodeau strip sack touchdown all-in-one fail swoop came. Uh, and, and Taylor has had issues in both of those areas, especially holding the ball. And, and it's weird because those are two areas usually you see the most effective quarterbacks in the National Football League either find a way to get rid of the ball faster or make a decision to throw the ball away or run if they have that type of athleticism. But with Taylor, for some reason, the clock doesn't accelerate. It almost seems to slow down, and he just takes even more time on either end of the field trying to make something happen. And that's where mm -hmm. kind of that hero ball, Brett Favre idolization uh, kind of shows up the most. And unfortunately, that's where he gets in the most trouble, which is where we saw both of his fumbles uh, against the Giants. Yeah, and, and turnovers is probably the biggest difference with this 49ers defense versus some other units. And, and they have, they've been a defense that hadn't really been great at getting turnovers and taking the ball away. And this year's team is much better at taking the ball away. So you got to be smart. You got to, you know, kind of take the, the free candy if, if the 49ers allow you to before they rally up and, and make the tackle and they fly around the t in the field and make, make a ton of tackles there. And, and of course, you know, with Brian Robinson, you're going to try to run the ball. Uh, and that's one of the keys, I think, to this one. So let's get to that next. More key matchups, of course. We'll make some predictions here for Week 16 with the 49ers and the Commanders next. Today's crossover episode of Lockdown 49ers brought to you in part by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode of The League available as a bonus episode on Locked On NFL, narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks. The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, which is, of course, pro football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s all the way through the present. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. Head over to Locked on NFL right now for a bonus episode of the league or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available now. Audible, get in the game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I do want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On 49ers and Locked On Commanders your first listens every single day. Tons of other great content here on the network, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Of course, the self, uh, you know, shameful plug here of my other program on the network with my co-host and former NFL scout, Matt Williamson. Also, you got to make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Uh, Locked On Sports today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
I love the the Brian Robinson story, David, and uh, it's a shame that his touchdown to potentially you know lead to a two point conversion and, and tie the game against the Giants didn't count last week. But it's been a phenomenal story, and um, he's a really good football player. It's really important that you stay in front of the sticks against this 49ers defense. They've been pretty stingy against the pass and the run. Um, but if you can't run early, and I assume that's going to be one of them, so you keep those uh, – one of the keys for for you with that offense is to keep in front of the sticks so Taylor Heineke doesn't have to try to make those hero ball plays and get in a lot of third and, third and longs against the 49ers pass rush. Uh, what does that run game look like for the uh, the Washington Commanders? How have they, how have they played up front? And uh, what about the, the running backs that are carrying the ball for you guys? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely their strongest suit offensively is, is keeping the ball on the ground, milking the clock and trying to keep, you know, the opposing offense off the field. And when you look at any, you know, uh, I don't want to call them substandard, but kind of underrated uh, underdog type of quarterback, that's the best thing you can do, because if you can put them in a pressure situation, then hopefully your defense can take advantage of the natural pressure, right? Offense, offense turns into defense because scoring points puts pressure on the opposing offense. Your defense also puts pressure on the opposing offense and therefore it all accumulates and, and pressure is cumulative and all those fun cliches that we like to talk about in football all the time. Yeah. The, uh, the problem that we saw with the Washington commanders last week is that Brian Robinson really didn't get all that involved. And, and it's, it's very head scratching. It was very confusing coming out of the weekend and, and it's been discussed heavily uh, this week. Um, Brian Robinson finished with 13 touches for the entire game. And, he turned those 13 touches into over 100 yards of offense. So when you hear about a running back having over 100 yards of offense with 13 touches, you kind of expect this dude's probably maybe in the third quarter at the latest, and then he's probably going to finish with about 25 touches for the entire game. But in fact, that's actually the entirety of his stat line. Would have had 13 carries, 14 touches for over 100 and a touchdown, like you just mentioned, had it not been for the the uh, the bogus penalty on, on Terry McLaurin. But even that is not enough usage for a guy like Brian Robinson running the way that he's running. Now, the 49ers defensive front obviously is different than the New York Giants defensive front. But I fully expect for everybody watching this game to get a full dose of Brian Robinson. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Brian Robinson gets 25 touches by the time this thing is done. And I say touches because he also will do some things in the passing game as well, which is where I think the commanders really need to attack the Niners defenses, try to kind of get them caught over aggressive, trying to hit them on the edge. Uh, a little bit. I know it's kind of weird to say with Nick Bosa out there patrolling, um, but I think that's where this team's strength is just kind of uh, better suited. Ron Rivera said on Monday after the game when he was asked about that very thing that they need to run the ball more. He made he, he mixed no words about it. Uh, on Wednesday, we talked to Scott Turner, the offense coordinator, and he acknowledged multiple times that uh, saying things, I'm paraphrasing here, but I need to get him the ball more. We probably should have got more carries for him. So there's a lot of things coming out of commander's land saying Brian Robinson should be more involved, which means the way the NFL works, you're going to see Brian Robinson a lot on Sunday. How successful it is, that's going to be up to the 49ers defense, but you should absolutely expect to see B-Rob touching the ball a lot. Antonio Gibson is a very, very solid spellback uh, that they use for him. So I would expect him to also get probably about 12 to 15 touches if they can stay in the game enough to warrant that and, and the 49ers can't put Taylor Heineke in a position where he's got to go out there and just throw the ball trying to pay, play catch up. Yeah, and that's the great leveling factor for teams, especially if you think the other team is better, is you know play defense and run the ball and play keep away, keep that game close so you can maybe hit one play. And that's yeah. where the 49ers have been susceptible a few times this year, and the games haven't been close enough 
for the opposing offenses to to still score enough, but they've been hit on some big plays where you know maybe some bad communications on the back end and you're able to hit a play. So if, if you're able to run the ball, stay in front of the sticks like that, get the 49ers uh, confused on a play, hit one over the top with you know with with some really good wide receivers that the the Commanders have. That's probably the recipe for success. I know Robinson had what was it, a 30 yard reception last week. Uh, I can pull it up right now. 18 yards was his reception last week. Um, he also had a 19 yard run and a bunch of, so a bunch of plays that aren't necessarily con- technically considered explosive, but I mean, a bunch of chunk yards, uh, play. I mean, he averaged 7.4 yards per carry. So is, a lot of is, solid is, runs. Is he getting better in that regard as far as being a receiver out of the backfield too? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, he's, he looked good coming out of training camp. Like that's kind of the crazy thing about Brian Robinson is, uh, you know, and, and I'm not at all trying to say this is a good thing that happened to him, but almost because of what happened to him, the national stage is almost more aware of him because of it, because coming out of, I remember doing Michael Fabiano's fantasy show on Sirius XM towards the end of the train of training camp. And he asked me, Hey, could this rookie Brian Robinson eat into Antonio Gibson touches? And honestly, I was a little bit surprised with being up close and personal. I'm like, why doesn't everybody know this? So I said on that show, I said, Brian Robinson is RB one. Like, forget eating touches. Antonio Gibson's got to try to fight to eat some of Brian Robinson's touches. And they were taken back by that. And, and that was something that they kind of had heard for the first time. But everybody here was kind of like, well, that's that's just kind of common knowledge. It was, it was just kind of weird. But then, of course, he gets shot right after. I mean, the day after their final preseason game. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, this is the first four games. But then he comes back in. And, you know, so he's had to kind of relearn everything. And by the time he came back, there was – uh, you know, the offense was starting to change and then a new quarterback took over a couple of games in. So there's just been a lot of turnover for Brian Robinson's career so far. But, yeah, he's feeling good. He's looking really good in the offense. And I can tell you, you know, I can't tell you what he's saying in the locker rooms because it's well, first of all, it's not official, but it's also not suited for our our brand of show. Um, but he is very confident in his abilities and is sure that the best is still to come from uh, Brian Robinson. That's fantastic. Shout out to Michael Fabiano as, as well. Absolutely. He's a big fan of the network. He's had me on the show a couple times as well. Yeah. So uh, we love the folks out there that, that give props to the Lockdown Podcast Network and all the great things all the hosts here on the network are doing and the you know the the knowledge, the inside knowledge of the teams. That's where you want to go to, right? You want to yeah. find out for the people who cover the team every single day. And that's why you're tuned in here to this crossover episode. Um, so, David, uh, let's flip over some keys on the other side of the ball when the 49ers have it. And it, it's a similar idea, right? You want to pressure a quarterback, force him into mis- some mistakes. And it's been pretty amazing because Brock Purdy, for a seventh round, he was literally, you can't get picked later in the draft than Brock Purdy was. And he's a rookie right now, but he's not making rookie mistakes. Um, right. He did make a couple of weird throws. Uh, you talking about Brett Favre. He's rolling out right. He's like, oh, I can make this throw late and across the middle of the field. You know, Brandon, you kind of had to play DB on it. That was uh, it, that was in his first action with the against the uh, the Dolphins a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, OK, don't do that anymore. And he hasn't really done anything crazy like that. And he does have a couple of interceptions, one in garbage time against that in, in that Chiefs game. And then another one get, trying to shot play and just, you know, didn't hit it. And it was picked off by Xavier Howard. So that's going to happen. But really, in total, not a ton of um, really big mistakes. And he's looked really good against the blitz, like knowing where to go with the football, getting out of his hands quick. And he was asked by reporters, like, why are you playing so good? Basically, like, what's going on right now? And he's like, I don't know. I just do what the coach tells me to do. You know, which Kyle Shanahan is probably smiling ear to ear listening to that quote. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's done really well against the blitz. But if the Washington commanders who like have nine first rounders on their defensive line, right, if you can just rush for and get after Brock Purdy and then have everybody in coverage and try to get him in and make him see one of those rookie mistakes, I think that's probably a big part of the plan. And I'm sure 
uh, one part of the the commanders uh, roster that would help that would be to get Chase Young back. So is there any updates on Chase Young and how do you how is that uh, defensive line playing right now? If they're just rushing forward, are they able to uh, get pressure against quarterbacks and and, and uh, chase them into some mistakes? Yeah, the commanders certainly like to get pressure with the organic, you know, down line if they can. They don't want to blitz. Uh, unless they absolutely have to. They will, obviously, but Jack Del Rio certainly likes to have his guys kind of do what they're designed to do. If you're an intermediate defender, defend the intermediate part of the field, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and unfortunately, they have guys like John Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Montez Sweat, and even James Smith-Williams, Casey Till, kind of a rotation there on the other side where Chase Young usually plays. Uh, they've been doing a really good job. And, and obviously, it starts with those two Alabama defensive linemen in, in the middle. And you know the New York Giants, I think what they did, successfully to kind of keep Daniel Jones from getting a whole lot of pressure and, you know, no sacks. There were some, there, there were some pressure, some hits, stuff like that, but not no, no, no sacks. And that's kind of the most important thing I think is move away from the middle of the defense. I mean, these guys are big. They don't run four, four forties for a reason, but they're very strong. So if you get your quarterback away from them, you know, it, it's a little bit harder for a D tackle to run from one side of the field to the other, to sack your quarterback um, and, and do all those things. As far as chase young is concerned, I'm going to go with the feeling that he's not going to play this weekend. Now, the team is saying some good things in Chase even today. Ron Rivera's kind of been saying that we want to see him go full speed of practice and get off the line of scrimmage completely at practice before we play him. Chase Young said today or on Wednesday that uh, he feels like he's doing that. But I'm I'm just going to leave it at the vibe I get is that we're probably not going to see him this weekend. It's kind of a week-to-week thing when it's uh, there. there's some other wrinkles going on with that whole situation. But – um, even if you don't see Chase Young, they still have a very effective front seven, front four specifically. My concern, honestly, with this commander's defense is more so because, like you said, Brock Purdy's been doing a great job. Just do your job, let your playmakers make plays, and that's exactly what you ask a guy like that to do. Um, John Bostic, great veteran linebacker, very intelligent leader on the team, uh, calls the defenses when he's on the field, all those things, but he's not the most athletic guy in the world. And if you watch the commander's Giants game, the guy that Saquon Barkley put the brakes on and may look like a fool, that was John Bostic. And he's not a fool, but he made him look like a fool. Christian McCaffrey is more athletic as far as I'm concerned than Saquon Barkley is at this stage in their careers. So I'm a little bit concerned if the Niners can isolate Christian against John Bostic, that's going to be a problem and that's going to lead to big gains. Yeah, so good as a route runner in space. And you got George Kittle as well. And, and Kyle Shanahan is so good at targeting the rules of an opposing defense and especially linebackers. And, and that's going to be a huge advantage when you've got playmakers like that, even though Debo Samuel's hurt and it's not going to be out there. Um, you know, uh, there's a ton Love of weapons. Too. Yeah, exactly. And and he can do so much by himself. But um, I'm sure we're going to see a whole lot of – and this is sort of where we've get, gotten into the debate. And, and Kyle Shanahan is not one of those coaches that's wired in a way where he's going to – think that anything's in the bag and, and rest guys if if, right. the, if the doctors say you can play you can play so that makes me feel like we're going to see christian mccaffrey get 20 carries a game and 10 catches you know uh still even down the stretch even though for me i'm thinking eh, maybe hold back a little bit let's make sure he's healthy in january you've already got that yeah. that west one but i just i don't well, look the the number one seed technically is still up for for grabs right i think i saw a site that said the niners have like a six percent chance of getting the number one but jalen hurts isn't playing i mean you never know right so yeah, keep if, it alive if, as long as it'll stay gardner Minshew's a total disaster and they don't win a game the rest of the way the niners could do it and they're on the hell of a streak yeah. right now but 
Uh, that would be shocking if, if that was right. to happen. So most likely it's still the two or three seed. I'd rather have a healthy team in the three seed than Absolutely. Uh, you know, no McCaffrey and, you know, who, who knows? Maybe maybe they're down no to buy, the, but all your guys are hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Down to the fourth or fifth quarterback. You're running out of quarterbacks here. You're already down to the seventh rounder. Then you're going back to Josh Johnson at this point if, if Brock Purdy gets hurt. So, yeah, stay healthy. But, um, yeah, they're, they're going to they're going to be playing hard. So it's going to be a fun game here. Let's make some predictions on this game. Week 16 49ers commanders next. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis this season. Those home 49ers favored by a touchdown over the Commanders on uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve. We'll get into the predictions on that one next. You can find all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Of course, tons of props, tons of lines every single week in the NFL at Bet Online, but you've also got college bowl season. You've got basketball, NBA, college basketball, uh, World Cup soccer is, o- soccer is over now, but you can find golf. You can find uh, eSports. You can find just about anything to bet on sports-wise at betonline.net. They've got it all. And if you love sports podcasts, which I'm sure you do if you're listening to this program, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. Did you know the driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Even if it might be legal in some places, just because uh, marijuana might be legal, that doesn't mean it's legal to drive under the influence. So that means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell if you are driving high, you're probably wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everybody can tell when you're high. So What makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. Here we go. It's prediction time for... Commanders 49ers in week 16, Christmas Eve. By the way, happy holidays, everybody. Thank you so much all year long for all the listeners out there to both of our podcasts. It really means a lot. I hope everybody has a great holiday season here. Uh, A great holiday season for Commanders fans would be a huge win against the 49ers Saturday and give them a leg up for that wild card fight that's going on down the stretch. How do you see this one with the 49ers favored by a touchdown on the road for those Commanders, David? Uh, yeah, the Washington Commanders don't have to win, but they certainly could use a win. Right now, their playoff chances sit at about 35%. If they win this game, that jumps automatically to about 65%. If they lose, it drops down to about, I think it's like 22%. So they definitely want to win. And then with some help, I mean, honestly, their playoff odds could get as high as like, I think it's 82% with a little bit of help from teams like the Giants and the, and the Lions and the Seahawks by losing their games. Um, last time we did a crossover, Brian, I, I went with my gut and made some 49ers fans not very happy. They kind of not, not they weren't rude or anything like, you know, Niners fans are respectful, but they're kind of like, you're wrong. And they called me, you know, they less than intelligent and that's, that's yeah. okay. You know, uh, but I admitted every football, you know, uh, logic said that the Niners should win that game. And they proved why uh, very, very quickly against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to follow my gut again. And my gut says the Niners are going to win this game. Um, but I am going to give the the commander's defense a little bit of credit. The commander's defense, I think, has been secretly one of the better units in the National Football League. And, you know, they do. Obviously, the Niners still have playmakers, you know, Kittle, 
Christian, we've been talking about all of them. Brandon Ayuk, you know, one of my fellow Sun Devils. I always love my fellow Sun Devils when they're being successful. Um, Debo missing isn't going to play a factor I think, in the result, but it might play a factor in just how effective they can be against a healthy commander's defense. Cam Curl is on the injury report right now. I do expect him to play. Benjamin St. Juice told us on Tuesday that he is going to play. Players have said that before and then not played, so we'll have to see. But if he does play, then I think the commander's defense can keep this thing respectable. But in order to win, they've got to keep the Niners under 17 points. I think the first team to 17 wins this game, but I don't think Washington's getting past 17. So I've got Niners 21-17. So you're taking the under probably on this one? I don't even have the line in front of me anymore. I don't know what the under is. Yeah, I don't know what the over-under is, but but probably this probably, uh, 38 points probably is is yeah. under under that. And, uh, you know, again, I mean, if if – if the if the commander's defense can't put a bottle on the Niners offense, then this thing could get really, really ugly. But yeah. uh, if Washington has any chance, the defense is going to be the reason why. Yeah, it's what we saw against the Buccaneers, basically, right? It's like, okay, not scoring, things aren't going great, and we're Trying not to delete that from the DVR. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of, okay, actually, here, a couple things here before I make my official prediction. Um, for, so the commander's defense basically – is actually finally playing like the unit we thought we were going to see last year, right? Because everyone was like, last year, oh, look out for the commanders. They're about to have an awesome defense. They're going to be a really good team. It kind of didn't work out great for the commanders last year, but it seems like that defense is kind of becoming the unit we thought we were going to see there just a year late. Yep, yep. absolutely. And knowing that, would you say against an Arizona Cardinals team, this is just personal inside information I'm trying to get for my fantasy playoffs, would you start Tom Brady against the Cardinals in your fantasy league or Brock Purdy against the commanders? I would start Tom Brady. Eesh, that's I never thought I would cringe at being asked to start Tom Brady, but I would, I would start Tom Brady. It's been so tough. I've had Tom Brady all year. It's just been like, dude, can you just go off one time? It's yeah. like so close, and you think it's there. And it's like the first half looks good last week. Second half, not so much. But uh, I just think the matchup's better. Uh, my yeah. heart kind of wants. So I picked up Brock Purdy. It's like I'm tired of this Tom Brady thing. I'm gonna go Brock Purdy, but I don't think the playoffs is the time to do that. And the Commanders are pretty good defense, and I think the 49ers right. would be happy getting out of there with like a you know a 17-16 win or something like that if that's the way this game goes but I'm with you uh I do like the 49ers in this one I think there is still some potential for the 49ers to score and beat that seven uh I, I think that's a pretty good line I've got the 49ers by six points so you know something like 24 six or seven points 24 17 something like that is what I see yeah. for the 49ers and they're they're just rolling right now and until I see right the hiccups from from Brock Purdy. I just haven't seen him yet. And this guy's been phenomenal. So the, the way I've put it before is, and, and this is not hyperbole, and which is crazy to hear me say this. And I would think I was insane if I watched this podcast six months ago. But the way Brock Purdy's playing right now, the way the Niners offense is going, the 49ers have a better chance winning the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy if he keeps playing like this. Now, I don't know if he turns into a pumpkin. I'm not saying they do have a better shot because I don't know what he's going to look like. But if he plays like he has played, it's the it's some of the best quarterback play we've seen in the Kyle Shanahan era, better than yeah. you know Lance and Garoppolo. So uh, it's it's, it's been very impressive. I mean, give 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 Kyle and give Brock their due. I mean, I think they, yeah. they deserve it. What I, what I am interested in is Jack Del Rio now has more tape on what Brock Purdy looks like in his yeah. offense than any other DC, and that's going to you know continue on as we as we go. Um, but I'm curious to see what Jack does because somebody brought up the idea, and I can't remember which media member it was. So I'm, I'm you know if they see this, I'm sorry, I can't give you credit for it, but. Today at practice, one of the one of the media members brought up, you know, that perhaps we see Jack unveil a five one five type of type of look mm. uh, against Brock Purdy and the Niners, which is something we've seen before. So something that kind of gives you that that muscle up front to 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 make to hopefully bottle up Christian in, in the running game, uh, maybe get a little bit of pressure, you know, force the Niners kind of man up on on the pass rushers. 
uh, early. And then you also have more speed on the field to kind of hit those edges. And without Debo Samuel, that could actually be, you know, uh, a thing that could be kind of effective. And, and Jack, this year, I will give him a whole lot of credit. He's been very flexible with his looks, his scheme. Like he's he's done some things. We've seen some looks where John Allen's on the sideline and John Ridgeway uh, is 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 uh, is 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 down there as a down line and not very often you know you want 93 on the field if you're washington as much as possible but he's done some some unique things so this could be a game again that john bostic concerned maybe jamin davis is the only linebacker on the field cam curl sets the defense uh with the green dot and you got five dbs five down linemen and jamin davis kind of filling in where he can get in it's it's going to be interesting to see the chess match that happens because that defense has been playing uh, much better like you said and a lot of that has to do with jack putting the right guys in the right places yeah, the 515 is an interesting concept because, especially with the way Purdy's been playing, if you can get that pressure and you're not really sending an extra blitzer, but you could also drop one of those linemen out and kind of create yeah. some weird looks and then have, like you said, more speed on the field to uh, end zone. We'll see what Brock can do against uh, right. zone yeah. coverages. Hey. Look, if the NFL officiating front office wants to give the commanders a solid, let's get a 516 <laughs> look and let's just keep the flags tucked. There you go. Maybe we can make this thing more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Get a hey, uh, Terry McLaurin. Get on the line of scrimmage. Okay? There you go. And uh, and yeah, and, and we'll see what this thing ends up looking like. But um, yeah, adjusting to the adjustments. It's like and we've seen so many young quarterbacks look great for a little while and they come back down to earth. And, and so maybe this is Brock Purdy. I thought that the case last week, and it hasn't been. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to see these two uh, teams go at it. And I can't wait to watch it. And David, as always, it's a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody listen out there. Thanks for making both Locked On 49ers and Locked On Commanders your first listen. See you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 